Welcome to Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. Thank you for joining us for our continued journey to become better, braver, happier painters. Hey man, we're recording together again. Yeah, miracles happen and schedules align every once in a while when the federal government decides to play nicely. <laughs> but hey, guess what? In the meantime, you know what happened? Uh, what What happened? We got our fifth listener. We have another listener email. All right, five. <laughs> we're up to five listeners right now. Hey, that's pretty cool. So what's up with this listener? Well, this is from Colin H. And he's all the way from Scotland. And this is what he had to say. Hi, Mike and Dan. Just a quick message to say thanks for all the podcasts, guys, and all the hard work you put in. I've listened to them all now. Great stuff. Many great little nuggets of info and tips. Awesome interviews and just good all-around content. But yeah, it's been, it must be kind of cool for you all to know that there's a guy who's been filling FedEx trailers listening to you guys almost every night for the past month. Uh, regarding the Luck of the Irish episode, Mike, have you ever heard the song Wolf Tones? Uncle Nobby's Steamboat. Check it out. If not, LOL. Just reminded me of it when you started talking about the stories and mythology of Ireland. Cheers for now. Much love from Scotland. Man, totally stoked. Thank you so much, Colin. And I got to tell you, uh, we had a little bit of an exchange back and forth after I listened to Uncle Nobby's Steamboat by the Wolf Tones. And I'm just going to say I have never heard anything more Irish than that song in my life. Um, <laughs> that if you haven't had a chance to check out, uh, Uncle Nobby's Steamboat by the Wolf Tones, please go ahead. You will definitely understand um, within a, 10 seconds in, uh, of Irish music, you know, <laughs> I look forward to giving that a try. Yeah. But again, thank you so much, Colin, for, for, uh, letting us know. And if anybody else out there, uh, has anything, uh, any projects or want to chit chat or talk about a show, let us know at listening to paint try at gmail.com. You know, hopefully we can get up to six listeners, you know? Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, you were talking to Colin about those songs. Maybe, maybe he knows something about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. That's another one of those fantastic bands. Nice. See, when I when I hear Irish music, somebody says Irish music, first thing I think of are the Pogues. Um, then I think about, uh, you know, sadly, you know, the Cranberries, because they're a popular, you know, uh, rock band in the 90s, etc. So that's where kind of my mind goes uh, at first, as far as Irish music goes. But now, now the wolf tones are imprinted in my brain. Great. And hopefully we'll all go on a ride on Uncle Nobby's steamboat someday. Heck yeah. A few episodes ago, we did a genre focus on my favorite top, one of my favorite topics, which was Irish folklore. Yasu, Mikhail, since our last big theme show is about a lesser mythology, this time we're going to go for the granddaddy of all of our legends and stories throughout history and talk about Greek mythology. Lesser? I don't know. This was an Irish, you know, if we were in a bar, Dan, this would be a bar fight, you know, <laughs> this would cause that's, a bar fight. That's all right. I guess it depends on which country you're in. <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to do a little bit of a general background. We're not going to go into too deep of it because most people have already heard kind of most of the Greek. <laughs> everything. <laughs> right. Everything about Greek mythology. It's kind of all over the place. Um, and it's throughout, permeated throughout either miniatures or literature or movies, etc. So it's all over there. But I'll do a little bit of the background and then we'll talk about some of the gods. Uh, and then we'll get into the fun stuff, man, which is the gaming and the miniature side of it. All right. So kind of the basic synopsis 
of Greek mythology is first there was chaos. Then out of chaos was born Gaia, the Earth Mother, as well as Tartarus, the underworld, and Eros, love. Um, being lonely, Gaia also brought forth Uranus, which is the sky. And so they mated. That created the first wave of what we call the Titans. At some point also, Gaia pumped out a bunch of other children, including the Cyclopses. Now... The Titan Kronos overthrew Uranus, and when he killed Uranus, it, the blood went onto Gaia, impregnated her, and then created the giants. And so there is your kind of original basis for all the Greek mythology. And so Kronos mated with one of his Titan sisters, Rhea, which formed the Greek Olympians that most of us know more about than, let's say, the Titans, etc. Eventually, Zeus overthrows Kronos, there's a huge war, etc., and the Olympic gods are in power. And that's kind of the, the long and short of it. There's a lot more involved in all of that. And the interesting about Greek mythology is that while there's things like the Hesiod that have stuff written down, etc., there's more of the legends have been passed down by word of mouth. And so there's different variations of them. It's the same thing with North mythology and all the other mythologies that there's always kind of room for, there's always room for storytelling, hyperbole, and different forms of elaboration that happen, of course, based on who was telling the story. So what we wanted to focus on today, because most of the miniatures and gaming world focuses on them, is the major kind of gods. Maybe we'll talk about some of the lesser gods, which are kind of cool, like the god of sleep is pretty awesome. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, no conversation about the Greek gods could ever start anywhere else, but with Zeus, of course, the father of the gods. He is also the god of lightning, uh, power, and strength. Um, he has two brothers. The first brother is Poseidon, who is the god of the oceans and, the, and water. There's also his last brother, Hades, who is the god of the underworld. Now the three, the big three, as they are called, divided up the world once Kronos was defeated. And of course, Zeus took the sky, Poseidon took the oceans, Hades was stuck with the underworld. There is Zeus's wife, Hera, goddess of, of uh, marriage and love. Um, there's also a lot of these gods kind of fall all over themselves. There's also Demeter, who is the goddess of the harvest and the change in crops and farming. There's Hermes. He was the messenger god as well as the god of travel and of thieves. Um, he also guided the dead to the underworld. There's, of course, one of my favorite, Ares, which was the god of war and violence. Um, he was a warrior that enjoyed really bloody battles and was always all around. Uh, then there was Hestephus. He was the god of fire, metalworking, and building. Um, so he was always the, fo the, the forge master. Then there is Apollo, who is the god of the sun, music, archery, poetry, and healing, as well as his sister Artemis, who is the goddess of the hunt and wild animals, as well as the moon. Um, now, my daughter's favorite is, uh, both of my daughters love Athena, who is the goddess of wisdom and war, and was one of the chief goddesses of the city of Athens, which the city, of course, was named after her. And then here's one which is debatable. There is an argument whether Aphrodite is a god, a goddess, or a titan. Because she was born of sea foam, etc., upon the spilling of blood, uh, of as well as of when Kronos is killed. And so, 
they call her a god, but technically I think that you could argue that Aphrodite was actually a titan as opposed to a god. So those are kind of the major Greek gods and goddesses, and those are the main ones that appear in your board games and become the focus of a lot of miniature companies. I know there have been a few Kickstarters that have had that have been focused on art style miniatures for Greek gods. Um, so anything you want to add background wise to that, Dan? Nope. I probably could, but we could probably talk a long time about silly Greek things. Uh, so I think I'm going to pass because everybody's already getting tired of this history lesson. Well, the funny thing is, is I only did a few minutes on it and it still seemed like a long time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, you know, but I do want to, there are a couple other gods that I want to mention because, you know, I feel like I have a duty as a person who's read all of the Percy Jackson and all of the Olympian series as well, because that was one of the big themes of, of those books is that the lesser gods don't get any love, only the major gods do. Uh, my favorite one, though, is Hypnos, which is the god of sleep. Um, very, I, I can think of so many different potential miniatures that somebody could make out of, out of Hypnos. Um, another favorite one is Janus, which is the two-faced god, god of uh, chance and probability. Um, and so those are kind of cool things that um, are out there in the, the mythological conversations, which basically the long and short of mythology is they pretty much assigned a god two things that either happened to them or things that they couldn't explain. And so with kind of the history lesson, do you want to start us out talking about miniatures or board games, Dan? So yeah, Mike, Foundry has a bunch of 28 millimeter figures um, from different types of characters based off of Greek mythology. You can also find out some stuff through uh, Reaper and, you know, also through their Kickstarter um Bones number five, they have a whole bunch of Greek mythological creatures and people also. So that's a that's a cool thing to uh, if you're looking for that kind of of uh, thing or um, setup. Um, there's that. What about you? Um, well, there was another Kickstarter that I backed a while ago called Aeon Trespass. And originally it had started out as these nymphs of the night type things. Uh, and so you had like a technology nymph. Uh, uh, a knight nymph and things along those lines. And eventually that evolved into a board game called the Odyssey, uh, which is based around kind of a sci-fi, uh, you know, I want I'll call it alternative retelling because uh, there are scientific factors to it as long as well as the mythological sides of it too. And so there's also another one called immortal um, immortals, which are uh, figures that it's another Greek gods Kickstarter that actually may have just ended not too long ago, but I think their late pledge managers open. And so they have a bunch of larger size uh, kind of artistic uh, renditions of Greek gods. Hmm. And speaking of uh, lots of different uh, figures and stuff, Etsy, if uh if you're inclined to and just need some special figures out there has a whole bunch of different figures uh ranging from all different types of gods if you're not specifically looking for the greek gods which kind of leads us into the realm of my favorite uh 3d printing uh there are lots of patreons and there's uh thingiverse and uh cults and all the different types of 3d uh sites where you can get stls with an numerous and almost uncountable amount of different figures and a lot of them that will fall into the realm of greek mythology 
So I guess, you know, where we get the next opportunity and before actually before we move on to that, uh, Etsy, man, is like a game changer. There are so many different things. It's like a rabbit hole, you know what I mean? And if you don't have a 3D printer, amen to Etsy. You can get actually really good uh, prices on them. But you know what we really didn't kind of cover? And the reason why is I kind of wanted to put it here is I want to talk a little bit about Greek monsters because a lot of the tabletop games that we're going to talk about are focused on uh, battling the major monsters of Greece, Greek mythology, such as Cerebus, the multi-headed dog that guards the underworld. Um, there's the Minotaur, which, of course, uh, the dude with the bull head and a big old axe. You have the Chimera, Cyclopses, the multi-headed dragon, the Hydra, and Medusa, and the Sphinx. Um, there's sirens, which are also, you know, the, the, they call those poor, poor innocent sailors to their doom. Um, probably the big Greek monster of them all is Typhoon, which is the, you know, basically the Greek version of Godzilla. Um, centaurs, you have harpies, which are the bird, bird ladies. Um, and then of course I will end it with gorgon which is what medusa is but she also had sisters as well and so that's kind of the the snake the snake women that turn you to stone but (laughs) anyways um the reason why i wanted to is because things like games like lords of hellas by awakened realms um age of mythology mystic battles pantheon and seven fortunes basically either you play as a god or you play as a hero trying to impress gods and use god's powers in order to defeat these mythological beasts um from what i remember lords of hellas is a bit different in that sense that the game is based on acquiring kind of powers and cities so it's kind of got a little bit of a risk risk type feel to it you're building an army as well as using you're led by your army is led by a hero um but it's a storytelling game as opposed to necessarily like just a risk strategy game as well um i was not i I did not enjoy the game i know that it sold pretty well and so i sold my (laughs) i sold my copy of it uh plus the original the the main box set came out they did a good job getting that out and then it took forever to get all the add-ons uh and the stretch goals and so yeah yeah by the by the time all of those stretch goals came we had completely lost interest in the game in the house and moved on um and so even the stretch goals weren't exciting enough for us to do and the miniatures were pretty good um but I, w- I wouldn't say they were, they were, there were definitely no pieces in them that you would say, okay, that's a competition quality miniature. Uh, but anyways, so those are kind of some of the big games that are out there that provided a bunch of miniatures uh, that you could paint in Greek mythology. Also, yeah, remember too, the nice thing about these things with miniatures is that you don't ever have to use them for their intended purpose per se. Like you don't have to, worry and say oh i've got an age of mythology apollo uh i can't use that anywhere else so of course you could easily use that in a dungeons and dragons game or any other role-playing game my dog Uh or you can just paint them up and stick them on a shelf somewhere and stare at them that's what i like to that that's my personal favorite Oh, you know, they did that in uh, clash of the titans the original one he had a bunch of little figures of all the people and his little lesser gods that is very true. What a classic movie, Clash of the Titans. 
Yeah. So, Dan, one of the easy. things we actually don't have in the script that I'm going to make you freelance a little bit, besides Clash of the Titans, was there any other movie or books or anything that you enjoyed about with Greek mythology in it? Um, it's not that uh, there are movies that jump out or books that jump out at me about Greek mythology. I think it's more fun to try to find the connection between a story, like a movie, and um, and Greek mythology or any kind of mythology for that for that matter. Um, I think just digging a little deeper and finding the like the root stories that uh, that they try to tell. You know, um, I can't give you any examples right now uh, off the top of my head because uh, most of the movies I watch now are are found footage and. Uh, that's just a bunch of people running around the woods being killed um, or disappearing. So um, um, yeah. So unfortunately I can't give you any examples and that's why I'm a poor podcaster. <laughs> that's not, this is totally off the cuff though. I, 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 you know, the, there are some aspects of Greek mythology in Neil Gaiman's book, American gods, um, which is a fantastic book. The, the TV series, uh, not so much. Um but Demeter is a major character in the third season of the uh, a third season of the TV show, which got canceled. So that was awesome, lovely ending on a cliffhanger like that. Anyways, the other one that's kind of big and predominant uh, has been the Percy Jackson, of course, series. The those original five books, and then you have the Olympians books, which are that focus more on the Roman mythology and then the apollo store trials of apollo all of those are big by rick riordan um did your kids read any of those uh they did the percy jackson ones um i think the apollo also yeah apollo is the newest series that came out yeah i think um and there's some other ones uh not to not to give any um any boost to any of the other uh, mythologies out there but i thought there was someone on like vikings or something yeah he does son. there's magnus chase the magnus yeah, chase I think my, yeah i think my son was reading some of those uh, and then they also have the red pyramid which is the three book series on uh the egyptian lore yeah. um, which boy i gotta tell you just as a side note he softens all that egyptian lore egyptian lore is rough if you re- like if you read the stories it is not not pleasant reading it's not feel good stuff (laughs) (laughs) unlike you know there are some horrible things that happen in greek mythology but there at least feels like there are some positive stuff but in egyptian lore man that's that that stuff is pretty i don't know it's it's pretty rough reading through through all that stuff but anyways so that's kind of the synopsis of what's out there miniature wise There, there are certainly more and if our listeners you know of any other places to get great miniatures on greek mythology or any other board games shoot us an email at listening to paint dry at gmail.com you can also send us a message on facebook or instagram as well at listening to paint dry we'd love to hear from you about this uh let us know uh how poorly we handled this topic for sure but maybe we should talk about painting yeah so let's see when i think about Greek mythology and everything. The first thing that pops up to my mind are all those folks that are like hanging up on walls and then statues, which are made out of marble. So if I wanted to paint a bunch of marble guys, we head out there to the universe and see what's out there. So I think something in the last couple of years, which has been a lot of fun to do is the marble effect where you use like dried out handy wipes and you use an airbrush 
So you lay down your base coat and then you put you stretch this this fabricy kind of material out and then you airbrush on top of it. It's a super cool effect and it's it's such a cheat but it shouldn't be considered a cheat because it's such a great easy technique that can be used with any combination of colors you can, you know with greens or blues or reds but if you're going to use like straight up marble i think this is uh kind of the way to go and i and it is a lot of fun too it's it's fun to just experiment um another one that um i think is kind of neat and I just I just saw it on a video, and I don't know how old it is. Is um, the uh, Fallout Hobbies stencil for airbrushes? So they have this like ragged edge. Uh, I'm not going to say you can make it out of paper because it is pretty defined. Uh, and they use better stock paper than I would use. Um, but being able to create the veins with your airbrush with the stencil actually looks really cool, and they do a fantastic job at it. Also, and I think that's another great way of of creating a marble effect, especially on a floor, I think, or a ground, it's probably a little easier. The other one you can like uh, wrap the handy wipes, you know, around it and airbrush and create your texture that way. Um, and another way is, um, let's see, what is this Falcon minis? I'm going to, I'm going to bring this dude up and I've never seen this before. Um, but uh, what they, what this person did was uh, put a really thick base coat and then put Saran wrap on it and then pull that off and it creates um this really textured kind of marble look so if you don't have an airbrush it's if it's, it's kind of neat and you can use that with all kinds of different techniques um or i'm sorry not with techniques but different painting surfaces and that sort you know my wife used to show me about uh, doing that and using tissues or paper towels also you probably get the same effect um but those are some really uh cool neat ways of creating um creating marble uh, do you have anything, Mike? Any kind of anything you've seen out there? For well, um, yeah, absolutely. Two kind of two things to add. The first is um, Christmas snow that you buy at the hobby store uh, works kind of very similarly to the handy wipe, or um, like I think you also you can get it at Halloween as like cobwebs and stuff like that. You kind of do the same thing. You kind of pull it out, stretch it. And kind of get the openings, etc., to be able to create the veins. You put your base coat on, and then you airbrush it with the veins. I guess you theoretically, um, if you were proficient at it, could use a foam brush to do dab, like you know, if you were doing art stencil, etc., on your wall or something. But airbrush is probably the best way. The other thing is, um, I would have to say the easiest and best tutorial I've seen for painting marble was by Flameon Miniatures uh, or Flame On or Flameon. I'm not 100% sure. It's flame On. Flame On. There we go. Super simple to follow. He used two colors only, and it was amazing that the two colors really looked like four or five by the time he was done. It's just some t simple techniques of glazing and then drawing in some, some darker veins. Uh, really believable, passable marble stuff that just jumps jumps right at you i mean vince ventrella has a great one too in his hobby cheating um that one uses a lot of uh drying retarder so you're, you're painting with wet paint inside wet paint so but that's it really but yeah you're right absolutely greek mythology you think of marble you think of columns you know kind of the whitish grayish stone um and in ruins and stuff along those lines for sure and i also think about when 
when uh, we're talking about Greek mythology is uh, folks with robes. So, <laughs> so how do we go about that? First is skin tones. Now, there's a lot of really cool uh, tutorials out there. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into details about uh, all the different types of, of techniques and everything, but I will point out to folks. Shoshi's, of course, because she uh, focused uh, a lot on Kingdom Death, and uh, there's a lot of skin tone and skin used in that and those figures. And she has a lot of tutorials and a lot of videos through Twitch and YouTube um, on her techniques. And she does classes also. Um, She's also I'm, big on Bertaccio, yeah. which is so, the, the green underpainting. Yes. So uh, that's, that's one place to look. So skin tones, uh, of course, uh, most of the Greek gods are going to be uh, olive toned and, and light. Um, then you have um, Darren Lantham has some really good skin tone um, videos also. So I, I was really uh, surprised and it was really useful to watch some of his. So if you don't want to paint just nude bodies, you can put some cloth and robes on them, which most Greeks have. Uh, again, um, Darren Lantham has some good tutorials on how to paint cloth and robes. And that is like one of my... I, I hate painting cloaks and materials like that. I just hate it. So I do a lot of watching videos, but he, his is pretty good. And I try to follow the best I can. Um, and also Rob paints the, I think he's from Australia or something like that. He's a GW employee. He's got some really, really simple tutorials out there. And I, mostly it's on YouTube. Um, but his are really good. Also, just if you wanted to look at different colors other than just like tan, uh, but like blues or reds, which some Greeks would use also. Um, and in my case, old fashioned dry brush, <laughs> slop on some uh, base coat and then dry brush with a lighter color. You know, you get that texture in there also. <laughs> so, so for me, that's uh, those, those are the areas when I think of um, Greek gods uh, that uh, those are the techniques and uh, types of uh, materials and stuff that I would try to paint. You know, oftentimes, in modern art, we see Greek gods portrayed with kind of the long, blonde, flowing hair, and they're kind of the golden skin. But that really does not match what would have theoretically been talked about or described during Greek actual Greek times. It would be more of the olive, Mediterranean skin, darker hair, etc. And so um, it's very interesting uh, to see different ways that people tackle that because Painting olive skin really gives you that opportunity to pursue the green undertone of skin. Lots of fun. But I think one of the things also painting miniatures like maybe in togas or that type of cloth gives an opportunity for you to kind of look at temperatures as well. Um, are you going for an off-white that's kind of uh, warmish? So you go look kind of leaning in the yellows and the browns for shades up to white highlight. Or are you looking... For something that's a cold white um, to kind of counteract necessarily the highlights of the warm skin tone to give yourself some good contrast with, you know, kind of a, a medium gray all the way up to a white, etc. That or stuff that leans towards blue gray. A um, lot of fun to kind of pursue those different avenues. You know what I mean? Exactly. I just the other thing, the... go. No, I'm sorry. The other, I was going to say the other thing is there's a lot of great Greek models out there that are naked. So if you wanted to really learn how to practice skin tones, that's a great way to do it. 
I just look in the mirror when I'm painting my Greek gods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad that's as far as that conversation went. All right. Anyways, <laughs> um, let's talk, can we talk a little bit about basing. Um, you know, we already talked a little bit about Marvel and stuff like that, but I think one of the things that's kind of cool is that with kind of the Greek mythology, you, you have an opportunity to go one of two different ways, right? You could go the route of painting them in the pristine buildings or in beautiful on beautiful marble, but you also have the opportunity to kind of go the ruined side of it as well. And so you could kind of play both angles of it with either beautiful, different Doric, Ionic, Corinthian columns or uh, that are in one piece or broken columns and things along those lines. Plus, I'm going to be honest, if you wanted to pursue or try some freehand, um, look at things like Greek vases that they have uncovered and such. It gives you an opportunity to look at it and go, okay, while those aren't stick figures, they're a small upgrade from stick figures. So that type of thing on a shield, maybe some a, a scene on a Greek shield or something along those lines would be a great opportunity to practice uh, doing that type of freehand because it's not overly realistic artwork, uh, which has a tendency to be a little bit easier uh, to replicate. Yeah, especially if you're like doing, uh, you know, the lessers like humans and stuff like that, you know, um, when you look at some of the um, uh, miniatures, at, and especially at that scale, those were hand painted, um, you know, in real life. So uh, the the basic, uh, you know, uh, symbols, or, you know, they don't have to be perfect, like if you're doing a space marine and has, uh, you know, very uh, crisp lines and that sort. I mean, the guy's and gals did it by hand you know they probably just you know whoever's scalp they can find dripped it in some paint and painted it on their shields or whatever and um so it's 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 a good way i guess to start freehand now that now that you you bring it up that way um instead of trying to to paint some elaborate uh, icon or something or uh, a realistic photo um you can go with something like that and at least start because you're doing basic symbols you basic shapes and just building up from there right and practicing the greek alphabet with a paintbrush is also a great way to learn kind of brush control you have things like the alpha the omega uh things that appear throughout different lores i mean what the space uh ultramarines is an upside down omega right yeah and so though like practicing those type of things you're right. Are the, those letters, et cetera, are great ways to uh, teach yourself how to control your brush and paint in the world of kind of like freehand. And it brings you closer to the foundations of democracy. <laughs> in the immortal words of Socrates, I drank what? Um, come on. What movie is that from? Oh, shit, man. I don't know. One of the reasons I could never see Val Kilmer as Batman. Because it's from Real Gen the movie Real Genius. Oh. Yeah, the immortal world of Socrates. I drink what? Um, all right. So now we've kind of gone the full bore. I think we, we've full bore as in we've bored everybody to tears. Um, why don't we kind of bounce around back to what we're working on? 
updates. Well, I'll let you start with the updates. Jeez. Okay. So, um, well, I'll do it then. No, oh, all right. Then you do it. Okay. So let me start here. Here's my list. Uh, no painting. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I had to take a big break because work got like crazy. So I needed to, um, had to take a break and just not look at my paints and stuff for a while. I did shake them every once in a while, so they didn't settle or everything. And we're redecorating our house, so I had to like move a lot of my stuff out. So a lot of my hobby supplies are in boxes outside. So I haven't really done a lot of painting and uh, see until like the last like two weeks. Uh, I started doing some some painting on some of my mechs because well, um. I started printing again on my 3D printer after I said I wasn't going to. And, well, Mike, the other day a new printer came out and I bought it. Did you really? You, went, you, had a, you did buy the new printer? <laughs> yeah, I went out and bought a new stupid printer. So uh, I have two 3D printers now. Uh, the lesser one I will like to still give away to somebody or whatever if they want it. Uh, it's still in good shape. Uh, I just wanted to upgrade because I'm stupid and I don't have anything else to spend my money on besides food. Uh, so, so more Battletech mechs for me, I'll be printing. Uh, all, right, have... all right, all right, I'll take the printer. <laughs> if, you're, if you don't want the, print, the, the so, old printer, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I was, hoping, I was hoping one of our five guests would want our printers, but you know, never, no one, of the four that we had beforehand, none of them wanted it. So we'll see We'll see what happens. Uh, I was hoping i like get some cash so I can pay for my stuff so my wife doesn't kill me but hey stocks are up right now so uh, buy amc everybody (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah there's a whole bunch of whole funny stories on that whole thing geez so um yeah i i started printing again just because uh i don't even know why i just started so i just cleaned my machine and just started printing and all my prints were coming out fantastic and i'm like what the crap happened it's only been a year uh, but I've been doing a lot of video gaming when I do have a chance late at night, uh, trying to do some more battle tech stuff, uh, slowly pulling myself away from GW cause the story seems to be kind of stagnant right now. And, uh, I'm almost kind of tired of 30 years of painting space Marine. So I think I just need to take a break from that until I get all excited about it. When a new box comes out and then I'll start all over again, but that's my curse. So yes, I have more gray only because I print it in gray. Uh, maybe I should print it in a different color, and so I won't have to worry about it being in uh, different, uh, just not having any gray stuff around. Uh, and uh, in my notes, I say COVID sucks. I'm not exactly sure why it sucks, but uh, I guess the last 18 months or 14 months, uh, we could probably look back at that and try to figure out why it sucks so bad. But I don't have to wear a mask anymore. I don't even know. I don't know. We probably don't even need to talk about that stupid shit. People are talk, done tired of uh, COVID and pandemics and shit like that. Let's get back to normal life. Hopefully, we can get out there and go to some conventions and go to game shops again and see what kind of fun shit is out there for us to do and re meet people that we've lost contact with and new players and new gamers and that kind of thing. So, what are you working on, Mr. Mike? So it's, it's been kind of crazy, man. Uh, I actually got into a routine where I was painting three to five hours a day. Um, and so during that time period, I was able to crank out uh, 
two, I guess you would call these commissions, but they were really um, trades. Like I painted some models uh, for a trade of another model. And so I painted Sigvald uh, and the Lord of Gluttony in a chariot thing from Games Workshop, both for the owner of Crimson Fields Games in exchange for a Star Drake, uh, which is a dragon, basically. Um, and so those got done. Um, I enjoyed Sigvald, hated every moment of painting the chariot. I am not a vehicle painter, um, and that was just totally unenjoyable. Um, also in that time period, I found out that a neighbor of mine runs, uh, blood bowl games, dungeons and dragons games, X-wing games, uh, with a bunch of people in the neighborhood. And, um, he asked me to do some repaints. And if you go to mdutcher 25 at Instagram, you'll see, um, what he gave me and what my end result was, uh, you know, he's not a person that wants to paint, uh, paint and, um, he just basically slapped some army painter colors on there, uh, and, uh, had never been introduced to thinning the concept of thinning the paint or anything along those lines. And so, um, they were they, the 3d prints basically had no detail in them. Um, so once I stripped them and repainted them, I was able to give them something that I really hope, uh, enhanced his Dungeons and Dragons gaming, uh, time. I know he liked them enough that he gave me 14 more to do. Um, and so those <laughs> are, he better be paying you. He is most definitely paying me. And then the other commission I'm working for is another Crimson Field commission where I have uh, three mega demons. I have Magnus the Red, Mortarian, and Bellacor, uh, all three of those. Uh, And they're all within um, Magnus's 85, 90% dud. Mortarian's getting around 70%, and Bellacor is about halfway there. And so I've actually been able to crank out a bunch of that stuff. I've also plotted out um, and set up all of my competition pieces that I want to do for ReaperCon. Um, and so I'm pretty excited about uh, about that. I have a clear direction on the three pieces I want to do. Uh, two of them have been started, and I would say one of them is already at 70%. And so I was pretty excited how fast some of this stuff has been coming along. Um, I think... One of the things I've been able to do recently is just kind of shut up and paint. Um, And that's really kind of what my focus has been, has been that I'm not going to get hung up on whether something is the absolute perfect blend. It's perfection is not going to be the enemy of completed for me. Uh, I'm going to do my best and see where that takes me. Uh, And so it's been pretty cool. It's been a lot of fun to deal with. Um, The other thing was an awesome thing I found because now you had been out of the 3D printing game for a year, so I never asked you of this one, but uh, I had found a, one of my favorite childhood shows was a TV show called Silverhawks, and I had found an STL for the leader of the Silverhawks, Quicksilver, with, of course, Tallyhawk, which is his bird companion. Um, and, uh, a neighbor of mine printed me out two copies of it, uh, because one of which I'm going to try in non-metallic metals and the other, I'm going to try in true metallics, uh, just to have, you know, just to practice those techniques and paint something that I'm really excited about painting. Um, and so, you know, that granted that that was before I knew you were 3d printing again. (laughs) That's all right. I don't Uh, mind. But that's kind of the main stuff that's on my desk. And then, you know, sending out interview requests and uh, processing we have. Um, this will come out after it, 
but while recording it, um, I, I was able to put out, uh, I'm able, I'm actually have the next episode of the podcast is already uploaded and set for a time release, which is my first time ever doing that. What'd you do? Uh, the Craft World Studios. What? Uh, uh, Alexandra and Marco. I interviewed them last week. What? Where did you tell me? I did tell you I invited you to the meeting. Oh. <laughs> okay. Maybe you should delete that. <laughs> but anyways, that's kind of a long-winded thing that I've been I've been I've been very fortunate. I've slowed down a little bit. Um I took a, a couple of days off because man, my eyes are just really tired. Uh and so I decided to give my eyes a break. But now I'm back in the swing of things. I've got all 14 of those models from him set up, ready to paint. And I'm hoping to knock those out by the end of this week, actually. Because they're not, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not painting those as like a competition style paint job. Those are, are, are going as a base tabletop level. Um, I, I, while I am getting paid for them, um, I definitely gave him a neighbor discount for sure. But that's what's on my plate. Yeah, I don't have a comment. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right, man. So that's what, you know, those are all the things that we're working on. Um, I guess with that in mind, and we're about at Oh, that. you know what? There's something else I started to do lately. What's that? Well, since you started to uh, put things on um, YouTube, our podcast, I actually started listening to them. <laughs> Because I don't like to listen to our podcast. So I have started listening to our podcast. Nice. There's some really funny shit in there. I, I would hope so. I think we did some good. We've got some good content. We do. And uh, I know that I need to buy a new microphone because I sound like shit. You know what, though? The earlier episodes, both of us, you know, we're, we're in the process of learning. You know what I mean? You know, like we've also added new features, like our interviews now feature a lightning round where we ask five to 10 questions of painters like super quick. Like, when was the last time you drank your paint water or uh, true metallic, non-metallic, 30 seconds, you know, like that, the, you know, stuff to kind of have fun with with questions and such, break it up a little bit. And so uh, hopefully by next year, next time we, you know, once we hit like a hundredth episode, We'll have some form of blood sport, which will make it really interesting. Hmm, interesting. Finish this miniature within thirty, <laughs> or yeah. it'll explode. We'll send you a miniature, <laughs> and you need to paint it while you're talking to us. Right, exactly. If you do not finish it by the time the interview is over, that miniature will explode. Yes. <laughs> but man, oh, it was good recording with you again, man. It's been a little while. Yeah, just life gets involved and gets in a way and COVID likes to F things up and uh, and now it's time to try to get back in the swing of things when we go back to work and have to travel and we have a summer and all the other stuff. Speaking of which, come September 1, we will be in Denton, Texas for ReaperCon. So uh, hopefully if uh, some our five, any of our five listeners, I'm not holding out hope that Colin will be there considering he's in Scotland. But let's just say if any of our other listeners are there, I hope that we get an opportunity to meet and chat with y'all. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, be enjoying the convention scene. Yes, I won't be working, so I will be just playing around. Hopefully, I can find some painting dudes, maybe maybe some games. Who knows? 
uh, it'd be it, it'd be a joy because this would be the first trip for most people in the last two years. <laughs> right, and the cool thing is, for my birthday recently, I got a lavalier mic, and so I'll be able to record some reactions and see how to get uh, some feedback from people in the con. So you know, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to fun to reach out and talk to everybody that's out there. Yeah, sounds like a plan. I guess we'll have to be talking more and more about that as uh, as the summer moves on and uh, we do additional shows. Maybe we can talk about some of the classes we plan on taking and then we can probably joke around about how horrible our commute was there or travel there <laughs> and back. Or... Uh, something funny, like Facebook for some reason is on this like cycle and it keeps showing me these stupid like, like uh, clickbait things. But this one was like horrible things on airplanes. So... I'm looking forward to people like shoving their face in my or shoving their feet like around and long hair blocking my monitor so I can't see what's going on or babies running around and screaming and <laughs> people changing oh. their diapers next to us. All those fun things that uh, we missed during the COVID. Pandemic. Very true. Oh, all right, man. Well, I guess we should wrap this up. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you listening uh, to the show. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, or would like to uh, let us know what you're working on, uh, drop us a line at listening to paint dry at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at listening to paint dry or on Twitter at dry painting. We also have a YouTube channel and you can, that is appropriately titled listening to paint dry with Mike and Dan. Please like, subscribe, or follow us wherever you get your podcast. And if you can leave us a good review, that would really help out the show. It's not mythology. You can paint like Apollo and become a better, braver, happier painter. Until next time. Talame. Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPTWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. Download from the free music archive on a non-commercial attribution share alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.